Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Repeater. My name is Evan. And I'm Pat. And we're so happy you are joining us today. Um, our guest today is Pat. Wait. Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. Uh, you're on, Pat. Oh, weird. I know. I'm right? on the other side of the table. Yes. Uh, Pat and I both just got back from sunny Los Angeles, and we are uh, taking some time for ourselves, you know? Yeah. So a real chill Southern California vibe going. Exactly. Uh, so on this episode of the show, I'll be interviewing Pat. And on the very next episode of the show, Pat will be interviewing me. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Pretty wild. Pat, what were you up to in Los Angeles? Uh, I went out to L.A. for MaxFunCon, uh, which is the Maximum Fun Podcast Network's summer camp for adults. Very um, cool. Yeah, it's cool. It happens once a year. Uh, it's out in Lake Arrowhead. And it's just like a really cool community of creative people to be around. Always inspiring, always exhilarating. It takes a lot of energy out of me, but, um, you know, get a lot out of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, made a lot, I've made a lot of really good friends cool. there over the years. Uh, this year I took a songwriting class. And I should look up that guy's name because I'm blanking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I took a record collecting class with Oliver Wang from the Heat Rocks podcast. Cool. And that was awesome. Awesome. What's uh, any big takeaways from MaxFunCon this year? Or from either of those workshops, you know? A big takeaway from the workshops, songwriting, just get it down. Don't, you can, there's GarageBand, there's Audacity, there's all this stuff that you can just go out and do it. And you probably don't need all the fancy stuff, so just why not just do it? Mm-hmm. It's really good creative advice. Uh, and then the record collecting one, I thought an interesting way to do it, to find records rather, is you can look for things on Discogs, which is a cool little social website for collecting. Um, but a way to find records you may not have previously known. Either befriend your local record store guy or... Find a label, an artist on a label that you like, and then go to that label and then see what other stuff they're putting out. And yeah. sometimes that'll lead you down these like circuitous paths to find something that you probably wouldn't have stumbled upon however other way. So Yeah, I think that's great advice. Yeah. That's something that I think I used to unintentionally do in high school. Uh with like these pop punk labels like drive through records or vagrant i remember like because you know a lot of those labels would put out comps and yeah. that was a way to see who else was on their catalog in their catalog and um or on their roster rather and i used to do it that way but kind of haphazardly because they happen to have those things but now in adulthood i find that that's like a really great way to find new music yeah no it's great and especially with like facebook and twitter now like mm-hmm. You'll see even labels talking about other labels is a really cool way to sort of jump labels. Yeah, so. for sure. Cool. Yeah. Well, welcome back to sunny New Thanks. York. You where too. it's actually hotter than it was when <laughs> I left LA. Um, cool. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about some music we've been listening to recently. What's sure. a track that's been on your playlist? Um, I'm trying to decide which one I want to go with, but uh, I've been listening to this band, Inter Arma. Um, don't really know how to describe them. They're probably not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but they're like a surprise, a heavy metal outfit from somewhere in the south. Cool. Uh, I'm pulling up 
their thing on Spotify. Inter Arma. Inter Arma. It's like a, I would describe closer to black metal or doom yeah. stuff. Uh, I feel like with what's been going on with children being separated from their parents, uh, it's been a helpful, cathartic just release of uh, aggression. Yeah. Um, so definitely that's been a, a reason why I need to have loud bludgeoning <laughs> guitars and screaming and... <laughs> Yeah, very unfortunate uh, reason for it, but yeah. a good solution rather than you becoming a violent human yourself. Yeah, I mean, it at least holds me over through the workday. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, maybe after this, I'll go home and try to figure out who I need to donate to or how I can help right. in a proactive fashion. But yeah, definitely cathartic for when I need to actually be getting work done and not angry tweeting. Sure. Uh, is there a specific album or song from them? Uh, yeah, they released, oh, this is two years old now, but it's called Paradise Gallows. Uh, and it has this like really cool psychedelic shipwreck album art. Uh, so yeah, that's the one I've been listening to. Great. Uh, probably my most played thing right now is this EP from a band called Kitten. Mm-hmm. who are from New York. And I found out about them because I believe someone from the band Slonk Donkerson is playing with them right now, or was at least uh, playing guitar with them. And it's a little, they released a little EP called Pink Champagne. There's a great track on it called Abigail, kind of a slower track. They are sort of this, I would say they come off initially as this uh, kind of power rock or pop rock kind of outfit. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they sort of are very poppy secretly yeah. um, because they look like a rock band, but they kind of sound like uh, legit um, pop stars, which is pretty cool. And I think the song Abigail actually is, uh, as anyone who knows me knows that I I like Carly Rae Jepsen a lot. And I think there's certain things within their music, they kind of rock a little harder than Carly. But um, between the way the, the singer sings and then the production specifically on Abigail, um, I think they could be, they could be right up there opening for Carly in the next year or two. Nice. Which would be a pretty cool bill. Yeah, I listened to a little bit of that album. It's yeah. real fun. It's very fun. Uh, four songs. They all got a little bit of a different vibe, um, but I think they're a really fun band. And they're they're touring right now, but I would love to see them once they're back home. They seem very cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that's great. What song do you want to talk about today? Before we talk about that. Ooh, yeah. I found the songwriter's name. I felt bad about that. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Uh, B. Beeman. B. Beeman. Uh, he was great. Cool. A lot of wonderful advice, uh, and that's spelled B-H-I-B-H-I-M-A-N. So look him up. He toured with Soundgarden. Whoa. That was a thing that he just kind of threw out <laughs> as if it was nothing, and it was incredible. So That's very cool. <laughs> look him up. Yeah. So today I would li- like to talk about uh, the Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice? Great. Let's listen to the beginning of that song right now. One of the best beginnings of a song. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun to In play, too. In pop music history, I think. Oh, man. That little drum hit. It's one of the best album openers of all time. Yeah. It truly cuts right to the point. And it doesn't hesitate to, like, change. Nope. I like that harmony. 
we've already gone so far in this song, you know what I mean? And it's, I'll fade it down, but so much has already happened in that song and we're less than 40 seconds in. Um, and I think that is part of probably the, the genius of the Beach Boys. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to guess why you picked this song. Because that, that's what we do on the show. That's what we do. Uh, I think that, oh man, this song, this song, this album. My, intellectually, I want to say that this has something to do with kind of the message of the song. Because I think that that's how I used to process it was like being in love with somebody, you're a teenager, you wish you could be older. But I'm going to say this just equates a little bit more to you maybe being in high school, but has is, is a little bit more um, extrapolated to like your whole life of kind of like wanting to leave home and sort of that feeling of um, loving your family dearly, but kind of being at the point maybe in adolescence where you want to get away from them. That's my guess. It's a good guess. But way off. I don't know. Th- I feel like I can probably apply that to my life in retrospect. Sure. Um, that doesn't count, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. Uh-huh. Um, okay. But no. Uh, it's funny because like, I feel like I've talked about it on the show before, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but only in like passing. Um, right. My dad is a huge Beach Boys fan. Huge, huge, huge. And he used to drive me to summer camp and he would have this on a cassette tape in his car. Mm. Um, so we listened to the Beach Boys a lot in the car. And this song reminds me of, it's very specific, but being in the back of the Volvo, driving somewhere and just, I mean, it's the Beach Boys, so it feels like summer, but this song specifically feels like summer like travel and going places to me yeah um so that's where it that's my connection with it sure um and it's grown over the years yeah uh because in high school i didn't really listen to the beach boys because i was too cool for school so what Uh, age were you when you were going to camp uh that was probably it's it happened so often that it Probably was like a couple of different camps. So mm-hmm. elementary school to middle school, maybe. Sure. Um, so like the local summer camps, like day camps. Okay. And so then you, like upstate New York. So you did some o- overnight camps upstate. Yeah. 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 Cool. Uh, and how long would you be gone for, for those? Uh, the overnight camps were a week or something like that. Cool. So well, I guess Saturday to Saturday or something. So right. Up by Lake George. So, which did you like better, day camp or overnight camp? I mean, overnight camp's great because <laughs> you get to have a campfire every night and hang out and like, you know, you're 12 and you're like, I'm spending a week in the woods. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you just got back from an overnight camp. That's true, but this was for adults, <laughs> not in a tent. No, no, I know, <laughs> but um, uh, certainly that's something you're not uh, you're not going to avoid in adulthood. Oh, no. Being out in nature is, like, one of the best things. Yeah. I think everybody needs that every once in a while. Yeah. So. Um, were these camps at all connected with scouts? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you um, were a scout, right? I was. Tell everyone. Uh, still, I guess, suppose I still am. You uh, are. 
because I'm an Eagle Scout. You're an Eagle Scout. I'm an Eagle Scout. Congratulations, everyone. Thank give you. it up for Pat. Thank you. Um, I do have that on my resume. Mm -hmm. One person has pointed it out uh, <laughs> and went, "Oh, that's cute." Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Uh, I started in the Scouts young, and because my cousin Dan was in the Scouts, and I thought he was so cool. He is still very cool. Hi, Dan. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, day camps were like in Westchester. And then as you got older, you could go up to sleepaway camp for the week, uh, which was cool because, you know, you do some merit badges. Um, so like biology and like learning about frogs or like learn about sailing. Mm -hmm. um, but we would always morning merit badges and then in the afternoon go out for an adventure. So like kayaking, whitewater rafting, hikes and whatever. Cool. Yeah. And uh, you're, I assume your parents are pretty into you being involved in that stuff? Yeah. My mom was heavily involved with the troop even after I left. Oh, wow. um, I feel very lucky for the troop I was involved with. Um, I would say very progressive, or at least in my eyes. Uh, I think over the past couple of years, there's been a lot of um, difficult things that are happening mm -hmm. uh and i understand why people have bad opinions of scouting mm -hmm. um especially at a national level but i think on a local level i was very lucky and had a very good support system that was um very interested in creating a safe and educational community yeah uh so yeah it was a good thing to be a part of right um <clears throat> Well, yeah, uh, that's cool that your mom was so involved in it because that, I mean, that just makes it easy for you to like dive into that world, you know, and yeah. really, um, it's a little less balanced for you as a kid, right? If your parents are involved in the things that you're doing, um, I know like this was my family with baseball. It's like, I didn't feel being, I wouldn't feel I was being, uh, taken away from my family because I was playing baseball. Mm -hmm. My dad coached, my mom like absolutely loved it, was super involved and all that type of stuff. So it was sort of the thing our family, you know, we didn't do together because my brother and I never played in the same team or anything, but yeah. like it was kind of part of the division of what our family did Yeah, in a cool way. Um, yeah, it's nice to have an activity outside of the house that's not just going to another family's mm -hmm. party or whatever. Yes, so. exactly. Uh, and was your, was your dad into any of that outdoors type stuff? Yeah, um, so my mom was involved more on like a logistics side sure. of things. Uh, my dad was very much there to teach us how to set up the flag. Mm. Dad was in the army. Um, or just drive us upstate. Um, he was definitely much more uh, into being the road trip guy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Was, uh, was this your primary summer activity? Or was it kind of like one of many things that would fill your summers? I mean, one of many things, but definitely like, you know, the cherry on top. Was that the thing you kind of looked forward to maybe the most? Or just kind of like a nice way to cap it? I don't know. I guess it, I suppose it depends on the summer, you know? Like, uh, it was always a fun thing, but like sometimes we would go and visit family somewhere else and that was always exciting. So yeah. it's hard to say, but definitely a... I have fond memories of going up uh, to camp up there. Right. And you, uh, would you listen to this whole album on car rides? Or was it like a best of the Beach Boys? I feel or? like it was a best of. 
Yeah. Um, 20 hits of the summer. Cause I had that one. Probably. <laughs> that was one that I had. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? I'd have to check, but I would assume that it was a best of, yeah. um, because when I was younger, I have a very vivid memory of, uh, Barbara Ann playing. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't understand the lyrics clear enough. It's so tough. It was a long time until I realized the song was called Barbara Ann. I always thought it was Bopper Ann. Yeah, I think I always thought it was uh, Baba Ran. Yeah, so That's we were. That's what I always thought it was. We were in the same wheelhouse yeah. there. <laughs> and I think maybe even I didn't realize it until I guess I owned a CD, so I should have just like looked at the name of the song. But wasn't it in the movie Surf Ninjas? Um, I have never heard of that movie. Really? Oh man, <laughs> it's either Surf Ninjas or Three Ninjas. But I'm one. I'm. I would say ninety nine point nine percent positive it's the movie Surf Ninjas, uh, which is <clears throat> about like three brothers who surf and are also ninjas. And I think it's similar in tone to Three Ninjas. I was gonna say that sounds yes, but I think that like maybe they're not brothers. Maybe I'm conflating the two movies. But I would bet that uh, I bet that just like stands for each movie, and they probably really hate when they get confused. <laughs> uh, and for some reason, I want to say that Rob Schneider is in Surf Ninjas, but that's sure. truly like a guess. Like I believe you. No idea at this point. But I do remember there's a scene I think where they're driving a VW thing, which is that kind of like weird military vehicle that VW made. Okay. That looks it almost looks like a frog. That's a weird way to explain sure. it. Sure. But the I think I know what you're talking it's about. Kind of like the it's not the height of a Jeep, it's shorter, but like I think you can similarly take the doors off and fold yeah. down the windshield yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. And I think they're like cruising around in a yellow thing, blasting Barbara Ann and all yeah. singing along to it. I mean that's what I did when I was in LA. Just, <laughs> just uh blast the Beach Boys. And in a little yellow thing that hurts let me rent. So <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Hertz, for having <laughs> you hurt. incredibly cool uh incredibly cool options. Uh, now you uh, stuck with leading some scout stuff for years too, right? Yeah, I mean, when I lived, uh, when I graduated, I was right around the time the economy kind of farted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I lived. You remember <laughs> the great economy fart of two thousand and eight? <laughs> uh, so I lived at home for a while, and it's just outside of the city, so could commute in. Um, but it was a good way to be involved in the community. Uh, and got invited out to Philmont uh, a couple times, and Philmont's the big scouting reservation in New Mexico. Um, so I've done that three times. Wow. Um, which is a lot. Most people don't get a chance to go. Um, but what does a trip like that entail for the participants, um, especially? So you get to choose. Uh, you get like a little book. First of all, to get in, you need to win a lottery um, to even go and then you pick the hike that you want to do or like a challenge level so i feel like we've done i think it was probably just mostly mediums um but what that means is 10 to 12 days on the trail um i think somewhere between 70 and 90 miles so you're doing a lot of walking and Mm -hmm. um, most days i would say four to seven nine miles a day uh, through the mountains of Cimarron, New Mexico. So that's like an hour north of Albuquerque, I think. Um, yeah, and that was a lot of just, I mean, I went the first time I was 14. 
uh, but sort of learning how to be out in the woods for a week. Yeah. And seeing what you can do, like 90 miles is a lot. Yeah. It's tiring. Mm-hmm. It's a very different life than, or it's a very different like experience. I think a lot of New Yorkers uh, choose to take on in their like leisure time. Yeah. You know? um, but I would assume that's like, it's sort of probably one of those things that it's like everyone who lives in a f- city should, if they can, go do something like that a couple of times in their life, you know? Yeah. I mean, 90 miles is asking a lot. Well, people. but do a short one, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Camping, hiking. I mean, I, I wouldn't trade those trips for the world. They're yeah. probably the best things I've ever done. But at the same time, it's a lot. And I know it's not for everybody. But, like, you can hop on the Metro North, go for a hike at Bear Mountain. Yeah. Not Metro North, but just do a day hike. And it's mm-hmm. you get a sense of it. And it's, especially being in New York, where you're so cramped and crammed around all those people, like, kind of getting out to a point where you can't hear the road mm-hmm. is a really nice feeling. What do you think, um, I mean, what do you think are, like, the big benefits of getting outside into the great wide world? I mean, it forces you to slow down. Yeah. forces you to think about things that aren't, like, your phone or whatever. Um, looking at a paper map is kind of a neat thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, sometimes you see cool shit. Yeah. I saw a hawk fight, a, or a turkey fight a hawk one time, and that's, like... <laughs> one of the most badass things I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, nature's ridiculous, and having a respect for that is an important thing. Uh, Because when I was 14, the first time I went to Philmont, um, a bear attacked one of the tents down the road. It's because they brought food in. Yeah. Which is, you just don't do that. Um, When it's scary. It's nature. Nature will kill you. Yeah. Uh, those kids were okay they're messed up but they're okay um and then like a couple days later you know i was 14 and saw a deer i saw half a deer in one part of the trail and then i saw the other half whoa way too far away to be connected and it was yeah a mountain lion had come through and i mean that especially being 14 like really puts things into perspective for you Uh, and you're not going to see that ever i mean i saw that one time but it's, you know, enough to leave a lasting memory. Um, but on the more positive side of things, like, I walked, I have some of these pictures of sunrises that, like, I wouldn't have seen if I didn't spend seven days walking to the mountain we climbed up. These sunrises that look like paintings. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the pictures I have don't do it justice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's a lot. You can see a lot of different things, but it's not something you're going to see in the city. So in that way, do you feel like, do you feel um, inspired when you come back from a trip like that? Do you feel kind of maybe you are looking at things a little bit differently or anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, living in the city can make you feel really small in maybe not the most positive way. Mm-hmm. Um. And I only say that because going out into nature can make you feel small, but in a in a way that makes you feel special, I guess. Yeah, there's like, a smallness. It's small but connected. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes yeah. the city you feel small and uh, insignificant. Yeah. It's, I think being out in nature is a good way to feel 
to reconnect mm-hmm. maybe even with yourself i don't know that i've ever actually thought this through but it's nice to not being around distractions it's nice for the only real noise to be like the wind or right. <laughs> you know the bird that flew by yeah um yeah i don't know it's great and like i go through phases where i don't go hiking and then i feel real bummed and then i go out and go on a hike and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah this is great yeah so well yeah i mean there's there's a lot of stuff at play there right it's uh you're getting out you're getting fresh air you're like in the sun you're using your body in a way that is probably releasing like uh endorphins and stuff like that yeah there's there's also sorts of like different things that are happening to you if you're uh doing something like a hike um and it all i would imagine yeah it just like comes together into this thing of like that shit makes you feel good you know yeah and plus yeah who knows what you're gonna see or who you're with yeah. or where you are in the world I mean, there's so many other like those other factors are huge too yeah it's like i said great to reconnect it's great to disconnect mm-hmm. um one of the funniest things i've ever experienced on the trail um it was the last time I went out, so probably about five years ago now. Um, on this trail, really tough hike. We came across an animal that was like stuck in a fence, and we couldn't do because this thing was huge. It was a massive deer, mm-hmm. maybe the size of like a Mini Cooper. Like, wow. okay, it was big, and I was afraid of it because I didn't want to get kicked. And so, had my phone in my bag, had it off, you know, just in case of emergencies. And I was like, this is an emergency. So we hiked up to the top of this hill to try to get some service. And it took a while, but then I finally got a bar of service. And I was like, cool, all right, I'm going to call down to the rangers, call the base camp, let them know, let them know where we are so they can take care of this. Um, And then my text messages started coming in. And it was (laughs) you and Tony were hanging out, had been hanging out. And I probably got about 40 text messages and I couldn't like clear them. (laughs) <laughs> fast enough to and i'm just like god i'm so sorry no it's fine yeah did did you get help eventually we did what we could yeah. i don't know what happened to that animal so yeah cliffhanger right there yeah exactly if anyone knows <laughs> please call into the show and give us an update yeah please 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 um aside from having to go hours away um, and be in the woods, do you take any steps in your day-to-day city life to disconnect? Or if they're not regular steps, do you occasionally have ways that you find that? I mean, I leave my phone on do not disturb like all the time, which is the best. Yeah. It's a good feature. Um, <laughs> it's, it is called disturb for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I try to leave my phone upside down. So I don't even see, I turn off notifications. Mm-hmm. Like, Try to be mindful of that. Um, or even honestly, even just getting off the subway, a stop early or going down a different block mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I work in Midtown, so it's hard to feel connected to nature or f- feel less overwhelmed by the looming buildings. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think Do Not Disturb is a really great thing. Walk-in is great. Yeah. Um, but I would recommend for everybody, there's a bunch of books out there that are like 60 hikes within 60 miles in New York, oh, nice. um, which tell you how to get to hikes from 
you know, public transit or if you were going to drive how far that was. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you're not in New York, I'm sure there's a similar one in your area. Uh, REI puts on hikes and does stuff like that. Or there's probably just like an outdoors group by you. I'm so, sure. Yeah. 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 Or even just walking to a park is great. Yeah. Have my phone on Do Not Disturb and got, got a notification a anyway. <laughs> so oh, don't man. listen to me about anything. <laughs> uh, no, but that last point is a good one. Uh, that's typically how I get away from it um, is... Lots of times if I need to go to the store or if I know I just want to go walk to the park, I just leave my phone at home. Great. And I take like the, if I'm going to the corner store, it's like I take the five minutes. If I'm going to the park, I take the 30 minutes or whatever it is. And it's just like, take a little bit of time to just not even have a phone on you. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the most helpful way for me because if I have it, the chances are I'm going to look at it. Whether sure. or not, you know, I get notifications or a buzz or whatever. So a lot of times I just try to like not even have it on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I like taking pictures a lot. Mm. So it's sometimes it's tough to leave my phone at home. Yeah. Just because like I want to have it just in case. Um, but like training yourself to not look feels overwhelming or feels tough. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, if somebody's trying to call you and you miss it, like, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. You can go back to that. Um, but. We used to entertain ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's. So, I mean, like, <laughs> long car rides, right? That's a classic. Children need to figure out some way to be entertained mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, can you remember, like what it was for you like what the experience was for you to be sitting in the back seat of a car on a long ride oh yeah yeah i mean doing like putting your finger up on the window and then as you're driving like try to jump your finger over the buildings oh that's a good one i don't think that's I've a ever fun one. To do that one. Oh, that's fun <laughs> uh or just the the i spy like uh-huh or what are the clouds or yeah but my dad always had a map in the car so like a lot of the times it would be him going what's the next thing I have to do? And oh. it's like, I don't. <laughs> nice. So involving you in the yeah. navigation. Yeah. That's pretty good. I think I invariably was either fighting with my brother or, uh, or listening. To, I would sometimes be listening to my own disc man. Yeah. In the back of a car, depending on who, depending on well, what we were listening to, I guess, in the front of the car. <laughs> I had a Walkman that I would bring camping sometimes uh to like an overnight mm -hmm. when i was like trying to be cool and like define myself with music um but double a batteries didn't really last very long in it or i didn't have like a stockpile so yeah. like they would be dying um and i had my little cassette tape that was just songs that i had recorded off of k-rock nice so like they had the sensor in it or <laughs> like they had the dj like talking over the front of the song um, there were very many times where I'd be listening and the batteries were starting to go. And instead of the player just not playing, it would play the songs really Real slow. slow. Yeah. Uh, and Rage Against the Machine does not work at like <laughs> half speed. Yeah. That's a funny one to think about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, 
what else uh what other music were your parents into dad was a big beach boys fan do you remember anything else big beach boys fan and i want to say that when i got to college and finally listened to pet sounds for myself i was like oh yeah this is awesome yeah this is a great album um but my mom really likes cat stevens um we had a lot of beatles cds the first cd they ever bought me was meatloaf so they had looking back on it like a very eclectic but specific taste (laughs) eclectic but specific yeah that makes sense yeah yeah uh yeah, I imagine that listening to Beach Boys like in earnest for the first time is a pretty eye-opening experience. Yeah, well, especially going from like their clean-cut like uh, I don't remember those songs. Surfer names, Boy, but, like, the Surfer like, Boy things names, like, like yeah, Surfing USA. And, yeah, and then to go to Pet Sounds where it's this beautiful, incredible album. It's so kind of eye-opening to their process. Yeah. Um, I did just watch Walk Hard. So, like, mm. my memory of, like, how Pet Sounds was produced is currently a little skewed from that movie. <laughs> but, um, but like, even talking about phones and distraction and whatever, like, we listen to 40 seconds of Wouldn't It Be Nice? And so many things happen. Yeah. And there's so many things that, like, if you, like, really deeply listen, you can hear like the saxophone that's in there mm-hmm. um and the amount of focus to do that like i can't imagine it because i've never tried but i don't know i just feel like it's impressive like even today like how much of that got put together by kind of one guy that was yeah. just like here's what's in my head and i need to get that onto a tape yeah for sure and it's as a kind of the beauty of it is that as a kid, you hear it as like this very nice, bright thing that is like obviously feels good. Mm-hmm. And then the reality is as an adult, then you hear all the complexities that make up that thing. Like yeah. you hear all this intricate stuff that just makes it sound like a simple, great pop song. But in reality, it has like all this other stuff going on. Yeah. And if you get the deluxe edition, I think it is, mm-hmm. it's like 50 tracks because they have like the rehearsal takes. Yeah. And you can hear Brian Wilson in there just yelling, like yelling out the melody that he's hearing. He's mm-hmm. like, no, you got to do it like this or try the drums like do, do, go, go. And it's from a creative standpoint, it's so interesting to like kind of dig in and see how they were constructed. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, Pat, thanks for talking to me. Hey, thanks for talking to me. You got it. Uh, where can people find out what's going on in the world? <laughs> um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Pat Cartelli and Instagram at Pat Cartelli. Uh, you can also find me on your podcast machines once a week. I have a, a podcast called Repeater. Um, it's a little show about big songs. Yep. And we talk to people about songs that they love yeah. or mean a lot to them. or. Mean a lot. Uh, it's it's fine if you want to <laughs> check it out. Um, and if you liked this episode, please do us a favor and, uh, you know, rate and review the show um, on Apple Podcasts. That'd be huge or wherever. Yeah. And also go check out repeater.show. It's our website. Um, we post up all the episodes of the show that are on there, but we also occasionally put out some music recommendations and uh, you can find out info about live shows and all other cool stuff.
yeah, we just posted uh, our favorite songs of the year so far. Yeah. Um, so we did one in earlier this year. We did one June. Yeah. Uh, so I think we have about 20 top tracks of the year yeah. so far. I have a running spreadsheet of the albums that are coming out, and I don't know how I'm going to do <laughs> an end of year list because there's so much good stuff right now. Yeah. 2018 so far has been a very solid year for music. It's true. And will only continue to be. Cool. Well, thanks, Pat. Thank you. Until next time. Hit repeat. Repeater is hosted by Evan Ford Barden and Patrick Cartelli. This episode was recorded at Magnet Training Center in New York City, where they offer classes in improv, musical improv, sketch writing, storytelling, and more. Find out more at magnettheater.com. Visit us online at repeater.show for live dates, hot music tips, and show archives. Theme music by the Sun Lions. Everything else by Love Nest Productions. Welcome to Repeater.